Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Welcome to episode 154 with Joy Williams. We were talking beforehand. I was like, okay, just hit record because I don't know. You, you asked a good question. We were talking, you and I were talking about, uh, you said you're, you're to, you toured. Yeah. But you're touring whenever, right when you have kids. Yeah, right when I had Poppy. I did. It was I did that in the Civil Wars somehow. It was like found out I was pregnant and like on a 50-city tour, like two <laughs> days in. And was like, cool, that sounds fun. So I went on the road and played gigs till I was literally nine months pregnant and played Bonnaroo and then had my son like a week later. You played Bonnaroo at nine months pregnant? Yeah, I sure did. What is it like? And this was a question that I had for Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Was that she was singing her brains out eight to nine months pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, man, doesn't that make you have to pee? Like, <laughs> It makes you have to do a whole lot of things, Bobby. But uh, And peeing is one of them. But And like hyperventilating is also one of them. Because as, as the baby grows, it just rests on your like all your organs. And, it's, and they move up. And so your ribs actually expand. So it's a weird thing to be um, singing that pregnant. But I was, like we had just said a minute ago, somehow I tend to make people and, uh, and music all at the same time. So it seems to work out that way. You like having babies? Um, I like the people. I don't enjoy the pregnancies. I don't have easy ones. You don't? No, I have like the 24-hour-a-day sickness, like like throw up if I stand up kind of vibes. And I was doing that on uh, on the road with Miles, who's now six and a half. And then um, I was just like laid out with Poppy. Uh, she's now five months pregnant. It was like, it was brutal. But again... I was like, well, surely I'll get over this at some point in time, all this nausea. We ended up going in the studio, and I was three and a half, four months pregnant. And I thought, you know what? This All this nausea is going to make me really, really honest. So how I sang, I just sat on a stool and sang because I was like, I can't. I literally can't try. There's no need to. I just need to show up and try and tell the truth with all this music. And, you know, and I I. I was like, screw trying to be perfect because it doesn't it doesn't really exist anyways. So I just sat there and sang, and we just pressed record, and it was like full performances, and 
Really? It just felt right that way. I think I used to be, I used to be like, oh, it has to be just so, but I, it doesn't work that way for me anymore. Life's handed me my ass too many times. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm such a big fan. And I don't, and until today we hadn't met, we had talked on Instagram a little bit. Yeah. I think the first time that we had, one, I think I was tagging your music. Cause I'm a big fan of your music. Thank you. Um, Civil Wars and in the new stuff too, especially. Yeah. And that was while Dancing with the Stars was happening. Yes, and you were I, like in your trailer just like waiting to yes, get... Yes, that's know? right. That's when the, the music started to re-come out again. That's yeah. what I associate because I would listen to it. I was getting no sleep on that show. I and, bet you weren't. And I would play The Trouble with Wanting, Yeah. right? Yes. And I would play that over and over on a loop just trying to get any sleep in my trailer because it would calm me down. Oh, good. So my music puts you to sleep? Bobby? I, I only listen Bobby. to slow music. <laughs> That's, really? the, that's it. Like all my music. I think my most played song right now for like the last few years is Everybody Hurts from R.E.M. That's, I literally was just talking about that song today. Like that's my tempo. Yeah. my That's my speed too. I remember mm. the, where were you the first time you heard it? I remember seeing the video the first time. Oh, him, him walking across the top yes. of the cars. And so I had to be, Mike, if you look up what year that was, I'm 38. So I was probably 13 yeah. or so. Yeah, we're not too far away from each other age-wise. And I remember going, that's, and I remember losing my religion and I was an R.E.M. Yes. fan, yep. but I was like, this is the craziest video I've ever seen. Mm. So I remember watching it on television. I don't remember where I was, but I do remember it, yeah. seeing I'm, it. I remember sitting in my, um, my, one of my best friends, her older sister was like an R.E.M. fan, just like freak fan, and um, like play, just playing it over and over in her room, and I just remember laying on this like really terrible beige carpet, and um, and hearing that song and just being like, oh my God, I feel like he wrote that song for me. I still feel like that song's written for me. I know. Yeah. That's where music yeah. is so good, is when it, it's like, it's that... Um, it's that connective thing. It doesn't even matter how old the song is. I mean, there's so many great songs like that in the history of music, but I just, man, I, I love that you mentioned that today. When was it for you that you heard a song or an artist and you went, oh, they're actually speaking for me because John Mayer was the first one to do it for me. I was going to ask you that. That's what John Mayer would be for you? Yeah. When I heard, um, uh, what's the... There's three or four songs from Continuum. What's the song I have downstairs? Now my mind, my mind is slipping. That I've written downstairs. Um, stop this train. Yeah, stop this train. Thank you. Aren't yeah. you glad you have him? I around? know. I am. <laughs> what would you do without him? I have the and because uh, John Mayer's about our age. Yeah. And the lyric is, "I'm so scared of getting older. I'm only good at being young." And the first <laughs> time I heard that, I was like, "Oh my God, that's how I feel." Yeah. Like I like everything that I was doing. I was ahead of the curve doing it, but I thought when I'm normal age, I'm not going to be good at this anymore. <laughs> I'm only good at it because I'm young. Do you think that's why you're such a, like, it seems like everything you do, you go so full on. It's amazing to me, like how much you're able to accomplish and like what you are able to do. And it, like, have you always been wired that way? That's kind of you to say, Joy, but I don't, th- I'm not kissing your ass. I'm just I saying know, like you, I don't it? even know how you sleep. Like, do and you I don't, actually I sleep? don't a lot, but I think yeah. it comes from having to survive as a kid. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a mom. I have a dad. My mom was a drug addict. And so I was and really having, young, right? Yeah and, yeah. and really young. And she died in her forties, wow. but I had to, you know, work to eat mm. at 13. Yes. Yeah, so your hustle, that hustle's like in your veins. Hustle's just normal. Yeah. And people be like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, it's how, how do the, I not do it is maybe yeah. more your question. And we were talking before you came in, you were like, man, when are you going to slow it? And I'm like, I don't know how. Yeah. 
and I have to because I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not married. I like I get quite lonely. That's why I listen to why I listen to your music. That's why you listen to yeah. some, that's why you listen to some songs that keep you company. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think that's what it is. Yeah. But okay, what about you? You can't dodge the question. When was the first? Oh, the first like either it? song or artist that you heard and you went, oh, I, not only do I like the music, but like that actually is my voice. Mm. God, I mean. I was I grew up in a really really conservative household so like what I was able to listen to was really really regulated um which is why when I got my driver's license I was like hell yes <laughs> um but I would say that I remember this might sound odd but I remember hearing Billie Holiday sing for the first time and being like oh my god this this amazing soul is coming out of my speakers <laughs> like where did this person come from like what is her story how do I like I mean, I would, I would spend hours trying to emulate how she sang, which it's almost impossible to do. And like the lilt and the, like the squeak and the cracks and the breaks of like how she sang everything. Um, I, it just arrested me. And, and I know that that's not like a super cool, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I think she's cool. I but think Billie Holiday's cool. I think she's amazing, but like I, it wasn't like an age appropriate, you know what I mean? I was, Oh, when you're 16 or 17, it's not cool. It's to not be playing really Holiday, cool to be. Right? Yeah. I mean, and, and I was like sucked into the vortex of boy bands just like any other high school kid was too. But, but it, like when I was home by myself, like I would put on Billie Holiday. I just felt like that ache of what she was singing, no matter if it was happy or sad, it was just like, it always had this tinge of sadness. And I just felt, I don't know, somehow that, that melancholy and telling the truth and it being like all kinds of like dysfunctional. And I mean, the, the, like the song she sang, they weren't, um, they weren't like always walks in the park. Like she talked about really, really terrible relationships and she, I don't know. I just loved how ballsy she was and then being so rebellious to sing something like strange fruit was um pretty life-altering when i realized what that song was about so um i don't know i love ferocity i love quiet rebellion and i i think that that's that's probably where where that first like hit me the first time with billy holiday where did your emo come from where's my emo yeah uh I've kind of always been that way, but I think, uh, okay, A, black sheep of the family. Um, Like, I would say B, um, like on the, on the sort of like um, astrological signs, et cetera, et cetera, if you're into that kind of stuff. Are you into that stuff? I'm, I am, I am like, I'm halfway into that stuff. Can you be halfway in? Uh, I am. So I guess. (laughs) I think, I think it's really fascinating. I'll just say that. Um, And I'm a triple Scorpio. So like in multiple houses, like my sun, moon, all that stuff, I'm Scorpio. And so I guess apparently we're always, we're always like going around in the dark and like lifting up every, like what's underneath this rock and what's underneath this rock. So I've always kind of been that way. I don't know if it's the stars or if it's just um, the way I was raised to I was I was always the kid that was like kind of taking the emotional temperature of everybody in my family so I don't know how about you I don't know that I'm emo I don't think you I mean I'm not terribly emo she says while she's wearing all black I should take it back oh my god (laughs) and again I'm so drawn to your music because it does feel very emo huh at least to me yeah emo in what way though Emo and there's always just an emotion to 
your voice and your lyric. Uh, it doesn't always have to be, I'm going to lock myself in my closet because no. I'm 12. Nope, I haven't written that song either yeah, yet. It's, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't have to be the emo side of it. Sure. But your music, I don't ever listen to your music and go, in your music now or your music with Civil Wars, yeah. and go... Oh well, that's just a, just just a fun song for the time to pass by. I, that's, that's never happened to me with a single one of you guys. Just, and you know, even Front Porch, which is yeah, is that the last one that you put out? Is Front Porch the last one? Yeah, it's not even out yet. It comes oh, out. Wait, yeah, it comes out May third. That's not true. It's out. The song is. The song the is out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, not yeah, the. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Sorry, I was psyched. I was like, she's lying. And I know <laughs> it's out because like, I listen to it all the time. You're like, honey, that is on Spotify. Okay. Um, yeah, no, no, no. The record. Sorry, when you say front porch, I think because it's the title track to the album. Yeah, the song front porch is also out. Yeah. Let me play a little bit of this. And so when I hear this, there's an emotion to everything that you do. That's why I ask. I don't. I, again, I don't ever. There's not a Chumbawamba in the mix of your songs. <laughs> I think there should just only ever be one Chumbawamba. Okay, fair um, enough. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, love, I, I love the art of conversation. I love uh, sitting across a table like this and hearing stories. And I think that's what makes music so special to me is that you get the chance to tell a story. And you have to be really, really concise, you know? Have you put the video out for that yet? Not it's yet. so good. Oh, you know, I'm so I've glad you it. like it. I know. I've seen it. Yeah, I, I think it, yeah. I messaged you because I don't ever watch anything early, but I'm such a big fan. Dude, I said we sent it. We yeah. sent it. Yeah. I'm so glad you like it. Love it. Hey, it's so good. And hey. I don't give a crap about videos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I tell my friends, I'm like, don't waste your money on a video. That's amazing. Well, we, this was not a waste. I'm so, I'm seriously so stoked about this music video coming out. When does it come out? Because by the time people hear this, it may be out. Well, it's not gonna be out by the time maybe. Um, it's well, it's gonna be right around the time. Um. Well, well, people will listen for years. You don't have to say. Yeah, if I, I don't know. If I tell you, I'm going to have to kill you. But like in Mar- February, March? It's going to be coming out in the spring, yeah. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, So, listen. If, Sorry I can't tell you. That no, feels no, weird. People listen to this thing for years and years. These yes. podcasts are evergreen. So, for, so no pressure, Bobby. The, I'm Do tell, not screw this up. You know who messaged me about that? Because I, I, I don't put a lot of songs on my Instagram. Yeah. Maybe a couple of weeks. And I, uh, I put that up, I think, last week mm-hmm. um, in, in a clip. And... Busby messaged me. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was like, love this song. And I guess Emily Shackleton. Yes. Who were, writes for him. Yep. Wrote it with you. Yeah. And Liz Rose, too. We sat, we literally sat in um, at Liz's house. And it's like, there's like this mauve, ha- there's mauve room in her house with a big window. And it was nighttime. And we showed up and we drank red wine. And, and I was, I was talking to her about, you know, I'd come back from Venice Beach after making the record Venus, which is the one before this, and it was totally like a sonic experiment for me. I just had to get out of Nashville. I had to get uh, a way to clear my head and get out of town um, after the Civil Wars imploded, and um, and plus my dad was passing away from cancer and at the time, and so I wanted to be closer on the West Coast where he was. So I was like, well, we'll move to L.A. and do that. Um, but after my dad passed away, it was kind of, and I made the record, I was kind of like, I just want to go home. And it was weird. I'd never talked about Nashville as if it was home. It had always just been like, well, I grew up here in California. But something changed when my dad passed. And I just was like, I miss my, I miss my people and I miss my house. And so we came back and I started writing slowly but surely, you know. And when Liz and Emily were available to write, we sat in that room and I just said, you know what I feel like in my life right now, what, I'm, what I've been going through is that um, I'm really starting to understand that the simple things in life are sometimes the most beautiful ones. And I've spent so much of my life like looking ahead to whatever was next and then what's after that and what's after that. And I said, I, I really feel like 
what I'm learning is to like enjoy just simply where I am. And, and that's like a bubble in the, you know, in the suds while I'm doing the dishes that has a rainbow in it or like, you know, like the, the, the like hurricane that my house looks like because my kids have been playing and stuff like that. And, and I said, so I think there's a simplification that I, I really feel like is happening, not only for me in my life, but I want, I want to go back to a simpler sound than I did with Venus. And I said, and I've been, you know, been talking about like, if I can't play it on the front porch, it's probably not for me. And Liz in her like salty voice was just like, well, have you written a song called front porch? And I was like, <laughs> no. And then it just flowed out. It was so easy to write. And those are like that you, sometimes you have to like wrestle the bear, but that one, it was just, it just kind of flowed right out. Yeah, play a little bit more of that. If never you find what you're looking for, come on back to the front porch. So from this this new project, you have three songs out. Yeah, so, so far. far. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'll play one more. This is Canary. But I, will not my I mean, these songs. I've played these songs so many times. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like it's that like, makes me happy. Yeah, they're all because I, I keep about 15 songs on my current playlist. Yeah, and yeah. I'll rotate them in and out. But yeah, I, yeah. All three of these, but it's just ah, thank like you. you. You are my style of music. Well, thanks. Like sing it slow. Sing it and slow. put all those. Oh, it's good. Well, it's like I think for, it's fun too. It's it's like it's like the feng shui, you know. It's like how do you how do you take a few things and like and really make it sing and, you know, I'm not a. I like listening to music that has like a ton of elements to it, but that's just the more the more stuff I add to the music I'm making, I feel like the less it means something, at least to me, or my voice somehow it just changes. So I don't know. It was I was just kind of like, all right, what happens if I just remove almost everything except like really, really what's necessary and what's there? So it's it's like it's it's not just a singer songwriter record in that it's like just a guitar and vocal, you know. We have a lot of instrumentation, but the whole process in the in the time in studio with Kenneth Pattengale, who produced it with me, um, you know, I was just, I was like, I my requirement for all these players is that they be empathetic players because like I just needs to be like smatterings. It doesn't need to be like just blazing up a track. And it was really fun in studio making the music. It was. I, like I've never laughed harder and we recorded 15 songs in five days and it was like the wow. most effortless experience and it was, it was just, it was just so much fun. I'm talking a lot. I must no, be nervous. No, this, you know what? This is what this is for. Oh yeah. Right. Talking. This yeah, is, this is what we do. Yeah. This is what you get paid to do. You, you mentioned your dad. Was he a pastor? He was. What? What denomination was it? He well, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like he'd probably have been uh, like under the the moniker of like Presbyterian, but he he was ordained, so he would joke that he could marry and bury people. Um, but what he did was he actually he worked on Capitol Hill and then worked for IBM and then got really disenchanted like with everything about all of that because he saw what was happening. Yeah, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and he then, was a good human. Yeah, yeah was he was a good human. Um, yeah, and he was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And so what he ended up doing was he'd already had his ordination like a long time ago. So what he wound up doing was being the executive director of like a bunch of Christian retreat centers. So it it was it was an interesting thing. Like grow, I grew up in Santa Cruz. I was I lived a couple other places like in the Midwest and the East Coast, and then but out to Santa Cruz before I was ten. And it is always like the weirdest paradox. I grew up in this like like faith-based kind of 
a retreat center like in the middle of Santa Cruz County, which is just like like fly that freak flag, like like the smell of weed permeating every part, like tie dye all over the place. And I don't know, I feel like that was a really um, fun way to grow up, but it was also kind of confusing at times. But um, but yeah, so my dad was my dad like. Uh, didn't have a church that he was like the head of, but he, he was in charge of like a hundred plus employees um, like at this conference and retreat center. Did you feel like a pastor's kid? A thousand percent. Oh, you did? A thousand percent. Was Plus being like the mayor's kid. Yeah, yeah. There's a pressure. And I had friends that were the preacher's daughters, preacher's oh, yeah. sons. Was that, did you feel that? Yeah. I'm, I'm nodding on a podcast. Joy, say yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally did. I mean, it was, it was sort of like, Hey, everybody's watching. Like, like, don't fuck this up, you know? And, and I, I think for a long time, I kind of went by that whole like gold star moniker of like, I will show you how great I can be. And, you know, I think life has a funny way of, of making you like check that at the door. And, um, and I think the civil wars was one of those, one of those moments, um, for me too, of just like, well, that didn't go nearly the way that I thought it was going to, but, um, but you know what? I, I don't know. The more I go in life, the more I go, you know what? You can get hard and bitter about all that stuff um, when things don't go your way or when you lose, but, or you can, it can make you kinder. And that's, that's what I'm, that's at least what I want to hope that I can become more like no matter what happens to me. I feel like in the same, you know, kind of world that you speak of, it's made me more empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and more understanding. And I don't know if I'm able to be kinder or not, but I'm more understanding. Yeah. That's a good way of saying that, Bobby. Yeah, you've had, man, you, you've been through it. Yeah, we've, listen, we've, we've all, all been, been through, through it. it. We've all been through it. Yeah. We've all, you know, we have our own crap in all different ways. I'm a big believer that my crap isn't any more important or different Same. than anyone else's. Same. But I think that there are parts that I can understand. Yeah. And I don't think it makes me a better person. I don't even know if it makes me kinder. I just understand that struggle. Yeah, you get the pain. Yeah. You get the pain. That's and, a good way of saying Because there are other pains that. I for sure don't get. Yeah. And people may look and go, what a dick. He doesn't even understand. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm a good person in a lot of ways. Mm. But I think I'm a wonderful person in another. And I think we're just right at this meter. We're always trying to find that meter. Yeah. I think we're all just... I think that's partly... I mean, that's funny that you say that because... I say a lot, all all we want to do is just be seen and appreciated and loved for who we actually are, not the facade or like what we can give other people. It's like, Hey, if you can see me and appreciate me, that's like a great starting point. And I feel like that for everybody, you know, I tell my son that that's how we, like we get to approach life and just people in general is like, there's always something you can learn from every single person you meet. And, um, everybody just wants to be loved and seen and appreciated. And, you know, it's funny you say preachers, are you a preacher's daughter? Cause I actually wrote a song on my record that's called preacher's daughter. And, um, yeah. And, and I think it, it's in a similar vein of like just wanting to be seen and known and loved and, um, and what that looks like. And that's hard sometimes in family to feel that, um, you know, putting the fun and dysfunction, um, that we all have, but I don't know. I think it's, it's important to own where we are. You know, and, and I think asking the questions is really important as opposed to just like racing to some kind of like faux answer. So the, one of my friends, I said, Hey, Joy Williams is coming over. And he was like, ask her (laughs) if 
It's true. I guess there's, I didn't know this. There's an urban legend that you learned to sing by hearing animals and you started harmonizing with animals. Um, no, but I really want that to be true. Have you heard? I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard that. That's no. Like, oh, you haven't heard that? Bobby, who was your, who were your friends? He, well, it's someone in music and he said, it's amazing. He said, this is what I heard. Because you, <laughs> <laughs> he said, you, as a kid, you would walk through the woods yeah. and like birds would be, you know, chirping. Yes. And, and that you would harmonize with the birds. And that's how how your voice sounds like it. Oh my God, I love the story. So you're that's, not like Doctor Doolittle. No, <laughs> meet Snow White. No, I'm totally not. I wish I, I really wish I was. I mean, they're, they're, the only thing that's true about that is that I would walk through the forest. Uh, we were like poor as church mice when we lived in Michigan. Right when I was growing up, and my my mom would uh, take just get us out of the house. I think she was just like, I cannot handle my children. So we would just get out and go on nature walks. But it was actually my mom that taught me how to harmonize because she. Um, she was a singer as well, but, um, but I really, man, you should just run with we that should, story. I'm going to keep it I mean, and I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to go with this. And that's where Canary came from. It used to, <laughs> I sang in low and low those many years when I was working in the coal mines, <laughs> I thought to myself, I'm going to write a song about canaries. Oh, man. Right, I'm going to play a commercial here real quick. Relationship tip number one. It's not going to truly feel like Valentine's unless there's a surprise bouquet of roses involved. In this season, the biggest and brightest roses are only found at 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, when you order early, 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on vibrant and romantic Valentine's rose bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at just $29.99. So many unbelievable deals from 1-800-Flowers, but you have to hurry. Gorgeous Valentine bouquets and arrangements starting at $29.99. It's an amazing deal, but it will not last long. Pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to Valentine's, don't settle for anything less than the Rose Authority. 1-800-Flowers.com. To order the Valentine's Day bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon. Enter the code BBS, as in Bobby Bone Show. Enter the code BBS right there. Order today and save 1-800-Flowers.com. The code is BBS. The world is full of sounds that warn you of danger. Like, if you get a little too close to a rattlesnake, you're the chick 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 But in the digital world, if your personal information is in danger, there is no chick 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 to let you know that you might be in trouble. The good thing is that LifeLock has added the power of Norton Security to see more cyber threats. Whether it's potential threats to your identity like your personal information for sale in the dark web or threats to your devices like malware or emerging viruses, if you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can stop every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton can detect a wide range of threats that could sneak up on you. Join now and get 10% off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and enter the promo code BONES. 1-800-LIFELOCK, enter the promo code BONES for 10% off at LifeLock.com. I love LifeLock. I have used LifeLock. They've helped me so many times. LifeLock.com. All right. Um, why don't we talk? Because uh, as a kid, I guess when did you start singing? Because you did Christian music for a while first, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, there were things I didn't know. I didn't know you had won so many awards. Like I guess I don't keep up with that stuff. Wait, I won so many awards. What like, are you talking about? Do- I didn't know you won all the Dove Awards. Did I didn't. Do- I won zero of you them. You won. Uh, were you I was nominated like, for a bunch of Dove Awards? Yeah, I was okay. nominated. I just but... saw on Wikipedia because, and I hate just doing the Wikipedia thing no, I get because it. it lies about me too. <laughs> There's all kinds of crap. This is not true. <laughs> but what it does do is it gives you those graphs. Yeah. Of, and so I scrolled the graphs and yeah. I saw all the doves. Yeah. I, I guess I thought you won. No, once a bridesmaid. Or always a bridesmaid, never a bride, that one. Um, 
Yeah, I got nominated and did. I I was in that genre for a long time. I mean, I started at seventeen because it wasn't that long. But when you're that young, it can feel that long. But yeah, I just I felt like um, I felt like my worldview just started shifting a whole lot. I, I just like couldn't keep doing it. So I I actually asked out of my record deal at basically the peak of my career at that point, which is you can imagine how well that went over. Um, but I just couldn't do it anymore. So I actually left and sat on my couch for like a good solid six months and then worked at a friend's boutique in Green Hills getting size different sizes shirts for various country stars. Here in town. Yeah, here You're in, in town. You were in Nashville by this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I was working at a, a shop called Habit and um, and I was selling ads for a music magazine and then got called back by some of my friends that were making music and asked if I could start writing for them. And I was like, oh, I I can do this. I do like this. And then got a pub deal. And then I started writing jingles for TV and film. And that's how that's, that's where the seedbed of all the money that uh, my husband and I and Nate were able to put into the civil wars. Cause we fully funded that ourselves. And, um, yeah. And the, and the rest they say is history. Okay. Let me rewind. Cause you said something that I want to go back to. You used to uh, get shirts for country singers. Yeah. Who would come into the store? Oh, um, um, I would, um, f- am I allowed to say this? Well, I don't want to well, be like, I guess there's nothing wrong. They used to shop. At is there like places. a HIPAA law on shirts? No, and country I don't know. I just like, <laughs> um, I, I remember, um, Faith Hill would come into the store a lot. She yeah. was always really sweet. Uh, Reba came in one time. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of, there was a bunch of artists that would come through and imagine, like, imagine if you will, like, you know, I've been on the road, I've done this for a while, not in country, obviously, but I'm sitting, I'm sitting there being like, and your total is <laughs> and just being like, what is happening in my life? And I was 23, but it was really good for me because I think I started so young that I was really used to that, that sort of like, uh, the buzz of applause. I was really used to that. I didn't realize how much I'd kind of been addicted to that. And then it used to, I've never done cocaine, but it was like, it was like, I think I realized, like, I thought it was like a cocaine high when it was really just like a Diet Coke buzz. And, and it was really good for me to kind of be like, yeah, I'm all right if I don't do music. And then somehow once I let it go, that's when it, as you know, as they say, like once you let it go, it can come back to you somehow. So it's weird. I've had many different chapters of making music, you know, like, faith-based music and then leaving that and then like tv film music and then um you know um going to a songwriting camp um for that the sir Ledick brothers started for this band called gloriana and um, she winked at me when she said that you can't you couldn't see that yep. oh you know i used to date rachel is that what you is that what you <laughs> yeah, I, I mean i'm assuming that's a, why a little birdie told me today actually um but um and then that was like a different life Don't totally worry yeah, hey, yeah yeah um i get it yeah <laughs> for sure but and then it was like the civil wars happened and then back to solo so there's just been like lots of iterations but i guess that's how life works you know you just don't quite know how it's going to wind and bend did you miss the applause? I didn't realize how much I'd gotten used to it. So, yeah. Did I, you find your love on stage? Because I have found that, like, I think on a stage when I do stand-up yeah, or... which is so brave of you, my God. It's all the same. Ooh, I don't know. For any of us to go and expose ourselves yeah. and go, please love me. Because <laughs> that's basically what I feel like I'm doing out there. <laughs> it's like I'm walking out oh there with a microphone. Oh, my God. And your heart just like, and I'm just like, please love me. Oh, Bobby. But I think in a way that's what we're all doing. Yeah. Whether it's a stage or not, don't you think? But I I think, 
I think for me, I've, again, like I've had, when the civil wars ended, I, I've been called every name in the book, you know, I've like, I've, I've experienced the, the heights of applause and like the matching tattoos that I've gotten with, you know, A-level artists. And then I've gotten the, I've gotten the like, oh my God, I can't believe that someone actually called me that. They have no idea what they're talking about. And so I think I remember someone saying at one point, if you believe your good press, you're going to have to believe all your bad. So I think, I don't know. I was a lot more that way up to the ending of the civil wars. And then it was like, oh wow. Kind of like the, everything I've been working so hard to like, like me, like me, like me, love me, love me, love me. Um, it backfired and, and I'm still breathing and that's really good to know. And I think it helped me, um, move forward at least in a, a different way. But it's still, it's really vulnerable to get up on stage. Like you hope people like what you make. Otherwise you don't have a gig, you know, it's like cooking as well. Like I think music's a lot like cooking. It's like, it's fun to make it for yourself. But at the end of the day, it's a lot more enjoyable when it's shared and, and, and people uh, are at the table and like digging in, you know, that, that feels a lot better to me. <laughs> um, but I can't control it. And I think that's, that's maybe the part that I'm getting to is I can't control it. All I can do is just show up and make what I make, not be too precious about it. Uh, take what I do seriously, but not take myself too seriously and, and just enjoy it. Like my God, if I'm not enjoying it, why would I keep doing this? This is an insane lifestyle. Like, a different city every night and like dragging my kids all around the country. And there's a lot that's great about it too. But, but it's, I think I've been learning to sort of like slough off, hopefully been sloughing off the shit that I don't need anymore. Am I allowed to swear in here? Sorry. Yeah, you, okay. You can um, swear in here, you can swear in the bathroom. <laughs> all the rooms are swearable. Okay, you're good. good. Yeah, you're so good. I speak French fluently. Um, yeah. So I think that that's what I've been learning these last few years. Um, yeah. Where do you feel like you fall in line with that? Like, do you feel like you're still, that's still like kind of like the, uh, like the, on the edge of like, I really need you to like what I'm doing right now. I feel. Sorry. I'm, like, now I'm your psychologist. No, okay. um, I feel like a fraud. Don't we all? Yes, we do. But I really like, I, and I think I'm running just barely ahead of that. Like huh. I feel like I'm committing crimes all over America. <laughs> this is what I really feel like. And eventually the cops are going to catch me. <laughs> That's why you can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. But I do feel like I don't really have a talent. Like I don't, there's nothing that you would look at me and go, he's really good at that. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you actually being serious? No, right I mean, yes, I'm being absolutely serious. No, yes. Um, like I'm literally looking I mean, I, we're sitting here and I'm looking at two books that you've written. Yeah, but again, that's just, I, I've worked my way to those. There's, I have friends that are Which so talented. Which is a skill. That I, is a skill, I, right? I think I learned it. So you're a quick learner. But it's also not really a, a talent. So my fear is oh my if God, I can't God. work, I don't have anything. Really? Like, I have friends that are great writers. They could take a year off and come back and write amazingly in a year. I have friends that are great singers or great things. Yeah. And so for me, it's, I don't have that. All I have is, and so I don't think I'm that good at anything. So I feel like a fraud all the time, all the time. Bobby, this is fascinating. I feel like we could like, like that would be a whole other podcast we could talk about. And I only put these books up. So when pictures are taken to this place that people see them, hopefully they buy them. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is, this is key marketing. Yes. That's how I pay the bills. Yes. And your house is beautiful. So well done. Um, I mean, I think, 
I get it. I mean, I, I think we all feel like if if every if people really knew, would they really like us? But you you're know? a great singer, right? Like you yeah. have. I am a singer. I mean, I've, I I'm glad you think I'm a great singer. I love singing. I think you have the recognition to say you're a great. You could walk on the street right now and open a case and sing, and people would give you money. <laughs> If I walked on the street right now and pulled a microphone out and started doing this show, people would be like, hey, idiot, why are you talking to a microphone on the street? Dude, but you, like, the thing that I find fascinating about you is that you are literally, like, you have nine lives. It's, I mean, it's like, you're like, I'm going to go on a show and, uh, you know, I'm going to dance and, like, I'm going to win that thing. And you do. Like, I don't, you say, you like, I don't have talent and I'm I just. I was the worst dancer. Now I was the second worst dancer, but there were 13 people. I was probably the 12th worst dancer. Okay, but still, you have this like tenacity about you that's so apparent. And, and it's, and like, I don't know. You, you, I think maybe that sense of like, I'm a fraud might be what helps keep you humble because you Absolutely. do so much it stuff. For sure, it keeps me humble. And it's not even humble, it keeps me normal ish. Yeah. yeah. Because I, and I think that's why I relate to people that will listen to this podcast or listen to my show or listen yeah. to my shows is that. I have what they have. Yeah. We, we like you're one of the one percenters who has this great, great singing skill. Oh, got to pay you later. Us yeah. normal folks don't really have anything dynamic about us. <laughs> and so I think pe- people root for me because I am them. Huh. And that's what I feel like. So I feel like a fraud a lot. Of, so you ask, like, what is it? It's I'm, people are like, you're so brave, Bobby. No, I'm scared. There's a difference. Huh. Yeah, but you still jump. That's the thing. Because I have to jump because there's a big alligator behind me. There it's like go. I'm going to die one of the two ways, right? So I'm going to jump <laughs> and hopefully... You're going to die in a blaze of glory. Yes, that, that's kind of what it is for me. That's so awesome. I, I get it. But you're dying in a blaze of glory. Makes for a good story. Maybe I will die in a blaze of glory. No, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Well, um, okay. This is not about me. You can add, feel free to ask whatever, but like, I only have like an hour with you. Oh, I know. So I want to talk all about... Let's just listen to our music together. Let's play all of our songs and we'll just have a listening party. And I can, when you play it, I'll just be like, I like that one. 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 I like that one too. So you moved to Nashville. Yeah. How old were you? 17. Wow, you, were, you moved here as a teenager. Yeah. Did I you did. graduate high school? I graduated high school. I had to legally emancipate myself from my parents in order to sign my record deal. How'd they feel about that? They were fine. They were like, it's just a piece of paper. Um, yeah. And moved out here when I was 18. Had two bags. Had 250 bucks in my pocket, dropped one bag off at my then manager's house and, uh, and hit the road for 250 days that year and then wow, hit the really? road for another 220 days that next year. And, um, was literally singing with like Mike and like, like tracks, like on, like on a disc and, um, talk about like jumping off a diving board. That's going to grow you up real fast as is being on a bus with, uh, being the sole female on a bus, um, at 18 uh, with a bunch of dudes that will also grow you up quite quickly. I had friends. I have a couple of friends that were Christian artists for uh-huh. a while and they switched and they went secular. Yeah. And I would ask them like, Hey, why did you change? Well, one, they said they could play more places. <laughs> yeah. Like they were like, really what we could have somewhat the same message, but play, but they also felt like that they were running out of things they could write about. Yeah. Was it's that- the only genre of music that's determined by lyrical content. It, really? I, yeah, I never thought of it because they're a Christian rapper. But you know, there are a lot of Christian types of music, but sure. they're still considered Christian. Sure, sure, sure. I just, I just felt like what I believe shifted so much, I couldn't keep doing it. So it wasn't as much about you were in a box about. Well, what it did feel that too. Yeah, but it was also just like I've got to, I got to get out of here. Like, and I'm, and I'm going to, t- I'm going to grab a few things and keep them in my backpack as I go. But a bunch of this stuff, like, I just. 
Um, it didn't feel like it resonated anymore with me. And I wanted the freedom to just write what I wanted to write about. And it's funny, like, you know, writing, writing a jingle for Oscar Myers was definitely, Oscar Myers was definitely not my, um, like goal in life, but that was interesting. Like doing that led, like led for me to go down the path of writing for other people and then writing, felt like the civil wars, it was so much writing about the dysfunction of relationships and like the obsessive nature of relationships. And, um, and so, and now like moving through having been in that duo and writing those kinds of music. Now it's kind of like, I like turning the gem, so to speak, like about what does it look like to be human and how does it, how does love work? How does it not work? Um, what does it look like to like ad- admit when things are really terrible and then when things are actually like there, there might be like a ray of hope and, and, um, and just playing around. I play around on this record actually with some like religious, um, like, uh, I guess wording, like a religious verbiage, but I'm turning it kind of on its ear. And, um, it's, it's fun to play with that stuff for me. The record comes out May 3rd. Yeah. Let me mention that again. Uh, I want to play this. Do we have the jingle? Mm-hmm. Okay, here is the. Oh God! Here's the. You can set this up. This is the Oscar Mayer jingle that you wrote. Yes, called it doesn't get better than this. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better than this. Ha, ha, oh, oh, oh. Does it make you laugh? <laughs> Have you heard it in a while? No. Oh. This is awesome. I play this. I play it every day. <laughs> I listen you know, to When you're day. like brushing your teeth yeah, yeah. every morning. Yeah. Um, it's your sunshine wake up song. Um, no, you can really. No, you guys. I hate you so much right now. No. Um, I giggle because that I literally wrote it in an afternoon over the phone with uh, with somebody in L.A. named Tim Myers. And um, and. And it, and I got six digits for writing that song. Aren't those so lucrative? Um, yes, yeah. I had zero clue. I had zero clue at the time. But that was when, like, that was like the height of TV film. Uh, like, uh, I don't know what you could gross like making back then. Um, but it's just so silly to me that like writing songs that like was backing bacon and lunch meat like became how I've how I paid my bills and like fronted, uh, you know, it was half of a duo that I, you know, my husband and I financially like got off the ground. It's just silly how life works. You just play know? that a little more. No, just Bobby, just, I'm going thing. to leave. No, no, but it's really, that's enough. <laughs> but it is funny. Cause I just signed a deal and I think it, it'll come out next week with the general insurance. Me at Shaq. You did? Commercial with Shaq with the little guy, the commercial, you yeah, know, the yeah. guy, you know, <laughs> You did, and no, and I would I would never sign with someone that I didn't think it was good. Like yeah. I'm at the point in my career now where I can I can almost pick the partners that I have. Yeah, they pay so much money for commercials. <laughs> <laughs> See, you could afford to take a vacation right now. That's all I'm saying. I just went to Hawaii for three days. How was it? I worked the whole time. I mean, it, was, it was American. <laughs> I went and taped American Idol That's for like right. 14 hours a day. Oh my god, you're like it was great. It was a vacation. Mike went hours. on vacation. Yeah, like I went had to do the radio show. Yeah, and tape Idol. And Mike went, and he'd work like an hour a day, and, and then go to the beach. he'd go to the beach, and then he'd just go surf, and then yeah, then I would go work and try to mentor the kids. Yeah, I'm which all, you're pretty good at. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm okay. I mean, love it. I just tell them. I tell them how to avoid being sucky. <laughs> I, I tell them like, the, the title of your autobiography: How yeah. to Avoid Being Sucky. That was what we were going to go with, but it said they went with bare bones. Yeah, that worked yes. too. That worked too. Let's. 
I didn't realize as we get over to the Civil Wars. I didn't realize again because I don't follow the awards so much uh-huh. that you guys have won so many freaking awards. <laughs> yeah, four Grammys. Four and and not and that that didn't shock me the Grammys as much as the CMAs. Yeah, because I never thought of you guys, and I hope it's not an insult as a country no. duo. No, no, no. Neither did we. And it, it, when we got sort of um, welcomed into the fold, it was like, oh my god, like. It was that moment where it's like, they like me. They really like me. It was, it was amazing to be invited into that community. I'd, I mean, I'd lived in Nashville a long time, but not really felt like I was in the fold of that. And, um, we had a good time, but I mean, we were definitely like, you know, we were the dark horses for sure. Um, like when all the names are, you know, being announced and it's like clap, 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 like up for the award. And it's like our name got called and it would be like a lot less clapping because and no, no offense taken. It was just, we weren't well known in that community. Right. But, um, but, but then it, you would win. Yeah. And then sometimes not, I mean, sometimes. if you win once you, you, you would win. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. You want a couple CMAs? Um, we just got nominated. You never won? Mm-mm. I look at these grids, and I think you guys won everything. But I mean, I, let's go with that. You won four Grammys? Yeah. You got. Uh, you won Best Folk Album? Best Folk Album, um, uh, Best Performance by a Duo or Group. I think we won I have that one here. Twice. I can actually look at my notes. I always feel like Yeah, I'm, you tell me, because I'm not great. You won Best Folk Album? Oh, and then one for, one for um, Safe and Sound that we wrote with Taylor for The Hunger Games. Barton Hollow for Best Folk Album. Yeah. Best Country Duo or Group Performance. Maybe this is where the country, I'm thinking yeah. of the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you did win a Grammy for Country <laughs> yep. for, for Barton Hollow. Uh, 2013, Best Song Written for Visual Media for Safe and Sound. Yeah. And then 2014, Best Country Duo for, from This Valley. Yeah. I think that's what it was when I saw Country yeah. in the awards. Because I, again, was a fan. Never thought of you guys as country. Yeah, neither did we. And it wasn't that we didn't want to be. It's just we we didn't think that we actually like classified under the qualification of it. I mean, we were in the running with um, like Little Big Town for some of those, and um, for the group duo performance. And and we were like, well, surely they're going to get it. So it was. We always felt surprised. I always felt surprised anytime our name actually got called. So. Um, but I'm glad. I'm glad it did. They they look nice on my shelf, and they're a yeah, good yeah, memory. Yeah, freaking Grammys. Yeah. Where do you keep them? Um, we have a listening room in our house that is. Um, there's like this old, like flannel looking, very like Victorian looking swing. Um, like almost looks like a porch swing, but it's inside. Um, and then a whole wall of vinyl that Nate is obsessed with, uh, like records, and, and then we have a record player. And then there's like. It's where the vinyl actually should go because now it's just like overflowed onto the floor where it's now stacked but um there's four sort of like cubbies where you would stack vinyl but instead it's just prominently placed and it's it's um it's crazy to look up and see those yeah, it feels like a other lifetime ago too really yeah a thousand percent in every pair of tacova's boots you can expect handmade quality first wear comfort and timeless western style a great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all.
Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means the families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. So, okay, let's talk about the formation. You mentioned that you were able to make money to actually finance at least the start of the Civil Wars. Mm-hmm. So tell, just kind of tell me the, the birth of the duo. At that writing camp for um, for the Sir Leddick brothers trying to get a, a radio single for a particular group. Um, you can say Gloriana. There's Gloriana. No, there's no <laughs> Gloriana. Did you ever um, write anything for them? We did, but they didn't. I mean, not Nothing that they that, cut. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so we were in we were in a writing session, and it was almost like drawing straws. They were like, "Okay, you, you, you go in this room and write. You, you, and you go in this room and write. You, you, and you." And then we'd like switch. Like it'd be like two hour writes and then switch. It's like a writing camp, old school. And um, first write of the day was John Paul and and, uh, and a guy named Greg Becker, and um, and I just felt like I'd you know met a kindred spirit in in John Paul, and the, just the writing was so easy, and like we just started harmonizing, and it was it was just like. I remember going home and telling Nate, like, I think I met somebody that I'm supposed to make music with. And, um, I, you know, and then like cut to like a few months later, we're all in our, in Nate's in my black Honda element, like driving down to Eddie's attic in Decatur, uh, where John Mayer would play back in the day. And, um, like recording like the live board tape, you know, recording that. And then just being like, why don't we just put it out? Let's just see what happens. And then, being like, wouldn't it be cool if it got listened to like 500 times? That'd be so rad. And then within the first week, it had like 25,000 listens and it just kept growing. And then we put out an EP and, um, you know, it, a song got put on Grey's Anatomy in a particular, like a, you know, near the end, like the kind of the big placement. Was that the spark? Was yeah, that Grey's was one of them. Was that the big first, like, yeah. oh, somebody thinks, somebody that actually has influence. Yeah. 
thinks we're pretty good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's I can it t- can tend to be a blur looking back at that. There was so much happening all at the same time. Um, so Poison and Wine plays on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and it was like, oh, here we go. You remember watching it going, holy crap, we're on yeah, TV. I do. I do. And I'd had other songs like the Oscar Mayer jingle, you know, and it was, and I'd had other solo music of mine in that whole era also get on Grey's. So I'd had a relationship with a TV film supervisor for that show. And, um, and, but they came, they came, I guess, to discover that music on their own and, um, and, and put it in. It's been really fun even now to see people be like, Oh wait, okay. So I used to listen to you over here, and then and then I discovered the Civil Wars, and then I discovered it was you. Like the, that same girl I listened to was the same girl that's in the Civil Wars, and then I'm hearing that now her people are discovering uh, the new songs on Spotify, and they're like, oh wait, that's the girl from the Civil Wars, because nobody knew my name like when I was in the Civil Wars. So like Joy Williams is not like that. Right. That's not like a uh, like a one and done. People understand that that you know that was half. I was half of that um, in terms of notoriety but it's an interesting thing having had that kind of notoriety and then to move into another season where it's not starting over at all but I have so many different chapters of making music that there's like kids who grew up listening to me making my church music and then you know people who knew the duo and then people discovering the music for for the first time now with what I'm making for their album Front Porch so it's it, it there's so many different chapters. How would you two decide who sang what? That's what I would think. Like I would always want to be wanted to sing the freaking lead. <laughs> um, was there? Know, was it? Was it ever? Did you guys? It ever, was never contentious about that until later. But um, like I think, I think for me, it just my memory of it is that. I mean, I love to harmonize, so that just came so easily. Because you do it with the birds as a kid. Exactly. Would... <laughs> <clears throat> Me and the squirrels. And, um, yeah, so it was like, I think a lot of times we'd come in to a songwriting session, and it would be like, hey, I just watched this documentary, you know, called Grey Gardens, and I really want to, I'd let's, let's write about that. And it just depended on the day, like, who would end up taking the lead. Like, if I found the melody to something that would generally be like I would take the lead because that's the key that we had started in. So we, it was pretty fluid until it wasn't. What was it like watching the crowds grow? Insane. Because it I, was insane. Because you, you guys weren't together like 20 years. This no. all happened relatively quick in the lifespan. Yeah, within five years' time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I remember we were on the road with another indie act. And the live at Eddie's attic came out, and which was the that board tape I was just mentioning, and and we were going to cities we'd never played, and uh, we were like first up, and we would play, and people would be singing along, and we'd never been like we had nothing out besides that, and we'd never been to that city, and we watched that happen time and time and time again, um, until the person that was like. I'm supposedly like meant to close that the show was like, why don't let's switch. Wow. And that happened. Yeah. And, and I was, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then getting the phone call that Adele wanted to to take us on the road. That was, that was like, Oh my God. And, And we'd gotten the call like, Hey, come play Leno. Hey, come play Letterman. Hey, we're over in the UK. Jules Holland wants you to play. And, um, and then getting the phone call that Adele was a fan and wanted us to go on the road with her and us doing two tours with her. And 
like the crowds just continued and then writing with Taylor and we'd been friends. Um, and then getting to, you know, make music like that. It was just, it was this, it was lightning in a bottle. It really was. It was kind of that classic phrase is lightning in a bottle, but got to be careful with lightning in a bottle because that can, it can go away just as quickly as it came. Did you guys play Jules Holland? Yeah, we did. Isn't that, they've like, I've been approached to kind of redo that show here. Oh, really? What do you think? I don't think I have the skill set to do what Jules does musically. Like I play, yeah, and, but he's proficient. He can sit down and really play. Got it. And so BBC said, "Hey, we want to remake the Jules Holland show. We want you to be the host." And for those that don't know Jules, he's uh, a talk show versus <laughs> and a musician, and yes. he'll sit down with artists. And I like I want to do a talk show, but I don't know if I could do what he does. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I'm a big fan of what Jules Mm-mm. does. And so when you say that, and I, I spent so many hours just watching his yeah. show because they were like, hey, we want to recreate this in America. Yeah. And I know they went to another artist here and said, hey, who has a much bigger skill set about host, about bringing it over. I don't want to ruin that thing. But yeah, it's, no um, um, but yeah, I'm a big Jules Holland fan. And yeah. rarely does anyone bring up Jules Holland. Yeah. I mean, it's in the UK, it's an institution. And I, and I remember like watching it and just being like, man, I want to play that one day and then getting to, and it was like Tony Bennett was on it. And wow. Really? Yeah. It was like, it was crazy. Like the names that were there. I was like, what am I doing here? What I'll do is I'll go from act to act. Like you're all, you're all like, it's yeah. You're literally in the round yeah. and it's, and it's almost like, it's, it's almost like, um, it's a Coldplay next to and, Tony Bennett. Yeah. Next to Arctic monkeys next, yes. next to, I mean like a country act. Who played you with know? you? Um, it was Laura Marling and it was Tony Bennett and, um, Oh crap, I'm forgetting the other one. Please forgive me. Anyways, um, but it was great. I like sat over to the side and had a conversation with Tony Bennett about creating and painting and and he was just like the most fabulous human being. I was like, what is happening in my life right now? You know? It happened so fast. Are you so good at what you do? And I'm not kidding, I'm not being facetious. Are you so good at what you do that you don't get nervous doing it anymore? No, I always get nervous. Really? Yeah, it's an indication that I care. I absolutely agree with that. Now, maybe not nervous. Okay, let me rephrase this. Okay, but let me answer and then for a second, and then if I still haven't answered okay, it, let me ahead. know. Because I would say that um, I feel like I'm in a whole new chapter again. Like I'm, I'm like going back to music that uh, is more stripped down, more rootsy, more maybe akin to what people are familiar hearing me having been in the Civil Wars. Uh, but it's a new iteration, and so I think. I think, yeah, I know how to do this, but how do I do this now? So that's, it's like, I, I know how to be present. Um, I know how to, um, sing when my voice is tired. Um, you know, I know how to sing when I've had three hours of sleep and is and a crying baby in the middle of the night on a bus, you know, I can do those things. Um, I know how to just be like, you know, you guys, I don't even know what city I'm in, you know, and, and just like let down, so to speak. But I always get nervous. But are you nervous that people won't like what you're doing? Or are you nervous, for example, like if you go on Leno or yeah. on a mat, would you get more nervous as the stage got bigger? Or do you get more nervous as the stage gets, it's a new stage? I think it's new. I think it's new. It's new. I mean, I remember playing um, Austin City Limits when I was in the, uh, in the duo and it was 25,000 people. And I the thought, festival. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that we're there watching that our set. And I just thought, oh, we just have to go out and do it. We do, we do this all the time. We would, I, I saw we you would guys play. ACL. You did? Yeah, nice. I did. I, I lived in Austin for 13 years. Oh, that's we, right. We, we Why we am I? Year. That's right. And I'm, I was a big fan, so I, 
I don't know right. how many years you played it, but I saw you guys one year for sure. We only played one. Well, then I was there. I was that guy. You were that dude. I was like harmonizing. We were there. Yeah, I was there. I was we there. were there. I knew yeah, it was you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I think it's just, you just do what you do. If the stage gets bigger, it's it's a little bit more like, uh, I still always will try and find someone's eyes. You know, it's just more options when this, when the crowd gets bigger. Did you have a fear as it got bigger? Again, I'm, I'm going to project a lot of my fears onto you because I, I feel like we're a bit similar yeah. in, in some ways. Did you have a fear that when it got bigger, you had to take care of more people and that if it got smaller, you couldn't take care of those people anymore? Hmm. I think the, the getting bigger part, I looked around at one point and I was like, well, we are employing this many people and the people I care about. And so when the duo like imploded the way that it did, I just looked around and I was like, oh my God, all these people that have invested their time and like we're like it's their salaries and all of that stuff. It was such a heartbreak, but I'm glad to say that, um, I've remained friends with, you know, almost everybody, um, in that era, um, with the exception of a few, but for me, it's the, I have all, all it's all my friends, like all my show. I have like eight or nine people. Yeah. Well, and you're super loyal as well. Like my people have been with me forever. I know, which is rad. And so I'm like, man, if I go backward, I mean, I've put a lot of that pressure on me that I can't yeah. go backward because I've these I've uprooted people and moved them with yep, me. Yep, and yep. And so yep. as it, as it's gotten bigger, I think the pressure has amassed that I have to keep it yeah. at least the same yep. and hopefully bigger yeah. because I want them to have better lives. Yes, I totally get that, and I've had a lot of conversations with other artists and people in various industries that when they do well, they have that same they have that same exact feeling. Today, I had a little bit of pride as Mike over here was wearing a jacket from Nordstrom. Hey, oh, now, now Mike, fancy, Mike. Mike grew up very poor. Mike was my intern. Mike was uh, <laughs> my phone screener. Like, oh my God, Mike was eating Top Ramen just to make I'm things, yeah, you. make ends meet. The guy came through the struggle. Top and he, Ramen and Kool-Aid. And I he rode in, the struggle bus. And I said, what's up with that jacket? I like yeah. that jacket. And he goes, got it from Nordstrom. I was like, who oh. are you? You're, the fact that you're even in Nordstrom. I'm in the money. I'm just trying. I'm That's in the money. Guy gets a big raise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it like with Adele? You're out with her. That's pretty- oh my God. It was so much fun. I'll never forget the first time because we hadn't met her before. We literally went on the road. So we were sound checking and she came, <clears throat> she came up, she was at the top floor. She had her um, makeup, the cape, like makeup hair cape, like when you go to the salon, um, on half her hair and curlers, the other half not. And she was smoking a cigarette and, um, and she yelled, she went, Oh my God, Oh my God, you're finally here. I'm so glad you're here. And it was like instant awesome. Like she just is instantly awesome. And, uh, but I felt, I felt nervous and I, there was kind of a distance that we was sort of had with like the, just the amount of people on the road and the tour was kind of bigger and, um, but she hadn't really exploded to the degree that she was just like right on the precipice of, um, but day two, show three, I take it back show, show three. She said, let's, uh, let's get dinner on an off day. And so we did, we got dinner and I tried to keep up with Adele or drinking. Yeah. She drinks a lot. Yeah. She doesn't so much anymore. Um, but legendary stories I've heard. Oh my God. I thought I, I didn't realize that we were at a nice restaurant, you know, where like then your drink never fully gets empty before they bring you a new one. Um, but I was told later, um, that I had had like eight gin and tonics. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about for you too. Yes. You didn't realize what you were. No, terrible (laughs) idea. I wound up getting wheelchaired out of the, we ate dinner and then I vaguely remember going back to the, her hotel and hanging out in the lobby because we were having so much fun. And all of a sudden it just like hit, it just hit so 
hard. Um, and I wound up being wheelchaired out of the Four Seasons you Hotel. You were wheelchaired out. Sure was. Um, and then um, <laughs> uh, somebody had recorded the experience um, that was on tour with us. And it was on the projector when I went to um, sound check the next day and was laughing so hard in between needing to like really, really vomit. And both Adele and I had like buckets side stage that next night. But after that, we were like, we were fast friends That's funny. and we stayed friends. And then, um, on the last night of tour, we got matching tattoos and, um, and she got, she gave me a bottle of gin jerk, um, just to rub it in. But what tattoos great. did you guys get? Um, with three dots on our left wrist. Oh, that's what you, I just, I saw that yeah. when you had your arm up. Yeah. Three dots on our left wrist. It's the ellipsis that just means to be continued. And we all just felt like there is that's a cool tattoo yeah there was a lot there was a lot happening in all of our lives at that time and um and we thought that would be a good thing also her first tattoo or tattoo she says tattoo. Uh, her first tattoo but um there has since been more i've not added as many as she has on my body There's, you've got a couple i and i just got a matching one it says mirror ball sharna and i got we won no way and that's we, rad yeah we were like well first she never thought we were gonna win that show <laughs> and i was like I, I can figure things out. Like, bear with me. Like, I don't know if we're going to win, but we're going to get far. Yeah. And I said, if we win, we have to get matching tattoos. Just throw And she said, yes. And then we said it on the air. So then we got them. But we didn't get the actual mirror ball. Yeah. We just got the words mirror ball. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like, what, like, whose idea was it to get mirror ball? Well, it was mine, but, I'm, but I made her think it was hers. <laughs> so um, I didn't really do it. It looked, like, it looked like you were driving into a city, like a, uh, like a water tower, whenever yeah. you drew the actual mirror ball. <laughs> yeah. So... I'd suggested a few things and really highlighted the words. Totally. And then like a week later, she was like, you know what I was thinking? And I was like, well, tell me. I knew where she was going to. She's like, I think we should get the words. I was like, you know. What a great idea. That's a good idea. And I let her have all of that because if it didn't turn out good, I wanted it to be her fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on you now. It is on me. And it's... I'm fine. This is my grandmother who adopted me. Yeah. So and that's it... my mom. Oh, I got it. Yeah. And then that's Arkansas. Yeah. Dude, um, rumor is you're, uh, you at some point want to run to be governor of... I, yeah, I, there's not rumor. I'll be governor of Arkansas. Okay. I'll, I'll probably be I president. I think you will. I'd go for it. I don't... Listen, if I can win a dance show, I can win anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is dancing and politics are pretty much the same thing? Just, just act like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and act like you're enjoying it. And people will be like, I vote for you. Shake hands, kiss yes. babies, and it's you. So, I don't... I mean, sky's the limit, dude. Yeah. I, once. I guess... Uh, about a year and a half ago, um, I was going, I'm going to run for governor of Arkansas. And the real governor of Arkansas was starting to be annoyed by the fact that all the press was covering. I bet. That I may run for the governor of Arkansas. I bet. And so he calls me and says, Bobby, why don't you come to the governor's mansion? Now for me, I grew up in a town of 700 people in Mountain Pine, Arkansas. That was a huge deal. Yeah. There are two people that I would look at as a kid and think they were hugely famous. The governor mm-hmm. and Ned Permy, the weatherman in Little Rock. <laughs> Ned. Yes. Ned. And the governor called me. And so I go and my girlfriend at the time, Lindsay, yeah. we go and we drive to Little Rock and I'm freaking out. Like I've done some cool stuff, but I'm jaded by this whole thing now. Well, you've seen a lot. Yes. And, and, and again, I don't care about famous people so much because it's, it's just people. It's just people. Yeah. Right. So, but it's the freaking governor of Arkansas. Yes. And I'm it's like, different with him. This is the coolest thing. So I go in <laughs> and I didn't know he was throwing a party for me. And there are like 12 people on a table. I'm on the menu. It's like, I'm, you can't eat me. But it's oh, like, I know. I was like, wow, that like sounds really dark. It's like Bobby and a special guest, Lindsay L. Her name was on there. No way. And so we have this dinner and everybody's like standing up saying all these. And I'm like, what is happening? It's like Twilight Zone. I bet. So he's like, hey, can I talk to you? <laughs> was he like, hey, can you not? Yeah. He was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was. For real? Mm-hmm. Or was he just kind of being no, like, he wink, wanted, wink, he, nudge, No, he wanted nudge. to really know. 
Well, yeah, because you're a, you're a tour de force, dude. He wanted to really know, and I said, you know, I'm not going to run. Yet. With him, because he only had two terms. He can only do two terms, and he okay. won this, like, this year. Okay. He won again. Okay. And I wasn't going to win, but I would have really been annoying, right? And again, who knows? What the, everything's happened, who knows? <laughs> That's awesome. And so, but we made a couple deals, and I got to see firsthand. What do you mean you made a couple deals? We made a couple deals in the back room. Oh. That of, sound of is one, it legal? One of yeah, okay, of course. just checking. Isn't everything legal in politics? One of them was that he would <laughs> okay. write in my book, and he uh, wrote a whole thing in my book. Oh, that's awesome! Because my last book's all about failure. That's yeah. all anyone could write about. So he wrote about his biggest failure, hmm. and so another one I can tell you off the air. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was really cool for me to to go and do that. That's awesome to go. But I don't know how I got over to this. You know what it was, it was annoying to me at one point? I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. I'm going to give you an analogy here. Go for it. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. When they won the World Series, I was so annoyed with everybody who became Chicago Cubs fans. Because <laughs> you felt like it was like fair weather fans. my whole life, I've been a, through all the crap, I've been a Cubs fan. I get it. Whenever that song came out with Taylor, I was so annoyed at people that became fans of the Civil Wars. I was so annoyed. <laughs> because all of a sudden, everybody loved them. Yeah. You guys were their favorite band. Well. And I was like, you guys suck. You guys, I was a fan because... Then all of a sudden, everybody was all on the Civil Wars. And for about a month, I was like, I hate Civil Wars. I don't even like them anymore. <laughs> yeah, now that everybody knows. This was a big thing for you guys. It was. It was. Like, it exposed you to so many people that may not have searched for even your type of music. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, the, I mean, the, you know, the timing of the Civil Wars coming out, too, it's like, who had any idea that, like, Mumford & Sons and that whole kind of folk, like, revival was going to come? Nobody knew. I didn't know that. We didn't write knowing that that was going to happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, we were we were playing a gig in L.A., and Taylor texted me, and we'd, we'd met, and, you know, become friends and she was like hey are you in town I, I, I think you're in town I checked out your tour schedule you're in town right I was like yeah she's like I want you to come right with me um and I was like okay well we got a we got a gig tonight and so she's like it's okay we can write it in like three hours and so we went over to um, T-Bone Burnett's studio and um and literally wrote it in two hours recorded the recorded what you hear uh the vocals like all in one room and um and that was that so when it comes out, monster movie, yeah, with a monster artist, yeah, from a monster book series that I was from obsessed with. Me, oh man, me too. Yeah, and that's a whole different For thing. days. I know you and I get nerd out later. Loved it. Yeah, I mean that did that kind of pivot you guys commercially? Yeah, I mean I think it did. What was amazing was um, was Taylor and Adele. You know those things were were. Um, and all the late nights starting to come. It was, you know, you could just, we could just start seeing the snowball effect happen. Um, so that was so crazy. I got to do so many things that I'd always hoped to do as an artist and meet so many people that I'd always, you know, looked up to and have a lot of really good memories and take those memories with me. You know, it was so painful when the duo ended and it was abrupt and it was, uh, it was really hard, but but I think now, you know, with making music now, um, I, you know, it's not like I'm going to pretend I wasn't like ever that I didn't ever do any of that. Like, it's really, it's really important for me. It's fun to be nostalgic about it, um, in the ways that it brings me a lot of joy in how many people enjoy the music and connected with it. And, um, and frankly allows me the ability to keep making music now. So, um, yeah, I don't really know how we got 
I was so annoyed really with Civil Wars fans. Civil Wars fans. Oh, just because. Oh, yeah, just I was, because. No, I was just annoyed with them. I was like, you guys aren't even real fans. Shut up. Well, you know what's funny is that you you talk about Chicago Cubs, but I got married to a Boston Red Sox fan in two thousand four. So, which it was like, you know, that was the, the yeah. year. It was the first one. Was after was, 86 years, yeah. you know. So I, I'm, I'm like laughing about you, you know, joking about the Fairweather fans. And I'm like, I probably would have been one of them if I, you could have considered me one of them because I, I was like a San Francisco Giants fan. And then all of a sudden married into like Red Sox uh, family for like multiple generations and was sitting next to my husband wearing like four Red Sox shirts That's and like all the hats. Now, right? Yeah. I married in. You married in. I did. I married in. So then you guys, you guys put out a free download and you're done. The civil wars are done. We put out a free download and then we record an EP, the poison and wine EP and put that out. And that's when the placement for Grays happens, and that's when stuff starts really like spinning. We record a record with Charlie Peacock, and we record with Charlie because I'd known him since I was seventeen, and I knew he could do a great job. Um, we recorded it in an old, like, gutted church that was Charlie and Andy's um, home, and um, put it out. And we'd been touring, and we just never stopped touring. We just toured and toured and toured and toured and toured and toured, which was helpful for our careers, but not necessarily for our minds. Um, but, and then, and then you get the phone calls, you know, you know how this goes. It's like the phone call happens and then you get a bigger phone call and then you get a bigger phone call and it gets, it's very, um, it's very alluring, like saying yes. And you want to say yes, cause you've worked your whole life to get, you know, to a certain, to a certain place, whatever that place is. Isn't it cool to finally be cool? I don't At know. You minute. tell me. No, no. I don't know. Listen, I don't think I'll ever be cool. But what I mean is people actually thinking you're cool. Oh. Like I get work offered to me now. Just like when you guys were blowing, you had to be like, oh, we've been working so hard. And people yeah. now are offering us to come do these shows. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It felt really good. It felt really good. So what do you say about the breakup? Um, that it's layered and that I'm um, only one half. So I try and speak with a lot of discretion. Um and that it was really fun until it wasn't. Do you miss having someone on stage as a partner? No. Or do you like just doing joy now? I like doing this now. Yeah. This feels very much like where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I can be thankful for the season and have learned a shit ton from it. Um, but I once had somebody in an office in a very high tall building, a very important building, um, in a very big city, tell me that no one wanted to hear me unless I was standing next to a man. And that for me was the moment when I said, you know what? I don't think that's true at all. And that was just a few years ago. So I, I think for me, I'm exactly where I need to be. And it feels really good to be standing on my own two feet. And I am collaborating with people. I have an amazing, um, I have an amazing band that I get to travel with. I've got Anthony DaCosta on guitar and Wilhelmina Frank Zerta, who plays like every instrument you could possibly think of. And, um, and we're harmonizing and, um, you know, at, for a while we had an upright bass and I just, I love it. I do best when I collaborate. I'm not like a girl that that's like, you know, flag on a hill. It's my way or the highway. I've never been that way. Um, I do really, I think I do a lot better when I collaborate. And so I'll always do that in some way, shape or form. Um, but this time it says a solo artist, 28 date solo headlining tour starting February 25th in Phoenix. It'll wrap up in Nashville. You're doing two nights at third and Lindsley. Yeah. I wanted to come to your release show and I felt yeah, so bad. I no could, Cause I was like, I'm coming. 
And then I didn't get back in time. You're totally fine. It was so fun. It was at the OG basement. In Don't tell me how fun it was. Tell me it was Never mind. It was terrible. Sound, it was, the sound didn't work. Sound was awful. <laughs> it was great. I'm sorry. It was so much fun. And it felt so good to be back down there and um, industry friends. And like, you know, it just felt right. It, this season just feels, I've been through some really, really tough seasons, Bobby, like in the last few years. And it feels so damn good to be in, in a season where um, things feel again like they're resonating and where I feel more um, more grounded in myself. That feels really good. So regardless of what happens, I, I am pleased that the music seems to be connecting, but um, yeah, I'm just enjoying myself. It connects with me. I told you. Good. I listen to this stuff all the time. Thank you. All the time. Thank so, you. And I won't... I think someone sent me, hey, here's the... I wouldn't listen to the whole record. Yeah. Because I felt like I cheated... I, I didn't. I don't listen to new music from people ever. Even my favorite artists, I yeah. won't, because I feel like that's cheating my people. Ah. And I don't want to ever be cooler than they are. And I don't want to be like, oh, I've already heard it. Wait till you hear it. Except that you already saw the music video. So that's what's different. That? The reason I was able to cheat on that is yeah. How? Is, Wait, talk to me about your justification because I'm loving hearing this. Because I could see it. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? It was a music like, video. I'd watch a movie screener before I would watch a movie. I don't okay, care about true. that. Okay, true. Same. Okay. So all right. they, I get movie screeners all the time. I don't feel like I'm cooler than anybody else. Yeah. The music video was like, hey, check this out. That's I, so funny. And I was like, I was like, should I mute it and watch it? I didn't. I didn't mute it. <laughs> should I but mute I felt it? like it, I, I did feel like I was cheating. Bobby, I like I like these quirks. I like that I'm figuring oh, some I'm of these all quirks. quirks. Aren't we all? <laughs> I think we all are. I'm all quirks. I totally get that. The other day I was like, where's the lid to this pen? Where's the lid to this pen? And I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit crazy. Do you know what has made my life better? This massive Sharpie that I have. Because I, I check, I, I'm big on lists. I'm yeah. OCD about lists. I have lists. I check everything off. I can't walk it. I, Mike is my head writer on the show, so he writes yeah. a lot of the games and a lot of the stories that I talk about. He has them already. Yeah. And I have this thing that I check off, and about halfway through the show, I give him everything I've checked off. He has to give me a whole new list of things I haven't checked off, and he got me this big Sharpie. Less enjoy. I can mark off on a whole thing with one like Sharpie stroke. Oh, it's my word. the greatest thing <laughs> I love it so much. Are you endorsed by Sharpie? Because this should no, happen. No, I'm not. I, I'm not. But I am endorsed by the General Insurance. Yes, you <laughs> are. Yes, you doing. are. Ka-ching. That's right. The General.com. That's right. They're not even an advertiser on this. That's but. amazing. What's on the top of your list right now? On what? What to do? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, every day, I, like I make a list of things to talk about on the show. Oh, okay. And so, you know, we start at 5 a.m. And so I have yep. what I want to do. My, and my show doesn't see my, my page. No one on my no show. No one on your show does. Only, oh, that's just Mike you. Mike is the only one that sees it. Mike, you're the keeper. And also the helper. I'd never allowed any. I'm kind of a control freak because I never depended you on anyone say. else. I know. <laughs> I finally let someone in a little bit. Hey, and good so job. Mike does it with me now. Yeah. And so no one sees it. And so every day it's like a different different thing in that. do you have lists for like taking care of like things you need to take care of everything on my computer do. all the time if i'm packing i make a list of things i gotta make sure to put in my suitcase and then i take it and i erase it were you were you like that as a kid i think i would had to find ways to be efficient yeah and get things done yep 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 so i probably mm -hmm. in, in different ways i get that so but yeah I, my point is we're all just quirks dude for days for days i get it I totally get it. Mike, how long have we been talking? An hour ten? It's a long, you, <laughs> is that funny to you? I love it. That's funny. Sometimes I'll shut these things down in like 30 minutes. Well, I get it. And I've I'm, been there. That's like, that's like you, you have a lot of first dates, you know what I mean, with people? Yeah. 
that it's it's like you you know pretty quickly if if you're like oh no I'll just have a salad like can I get the side salad please and no I don't want coffee at the end of this I'm good I got somewhere to go I totally get it I have a lot of first dates up here that because it's a lot it's like someone coming into my house every time too no I get that and but I don't have a lot of first dates on life like I have more. Work first date. I'm like sorry. Ten Bobby. to one. Twenty to one. Twenty to one. Twenty to one. Yeah. Listen, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta yeah, uh, mix up that ratio. Today. Yeah, the ratio's terrible. <laughs> you gotta mix up that ratio, and but you have to slow down if you're gonna meet. But somebody. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to meet anybody now. Like, what do you mean? There's like I'm, eight million ways to meet people. I'm uh, not really. Well. Uh, not really. I mean, you can meet people, but it just depends what kind of quality interaction you want. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Yeah, you're t- you're past like this swipe and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not better than it. No, I don't think you're saying that. I just think I hear you saying I don't really want to do that. And I don't trust people anymore. Anybody? Just, yeah. Groucho Marx used to say, "I don't want to be in a club that, that would any, that um, would have me." Yep. Totally. And it's like I don't want to date anyone that wants to date me. <laughs> Well then, there therein lies your quandary, dude. <laughs> Never ending. Oh, yes. Bobby, and you need a hug, dude. I do need a hug. You need a hug. And I'll end with this story before I finish on your story. <laughs> when I was a kid, and this is not a wan wan story, but this is just a quick overview at, at how my life is different but the same. Yeah. When I was a kid, I would like when church would drop me off. I would never let them drop me out in front of my house because I was embarrassed of where I lived. Mm. I would never let anyone go to my house because I was embarrassed of where I lived at all. No one. I, you couldn't see it because I didn't want people to see, you know, how poor I was. Yeah. And so they, I would have them drop me off a block away, mm. three blocks away, and I would lie about where I lived all the time. Yeah. The same thing, just different because I do well now. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to see where I live. Except that we're all coming to your house. Well, this is work. Work is completely separate. Ah, but I don't want I want I don't want anyone coming to my house like personally. Like just like a chill day. I don't want them to judge in any uh-huh. way. I, it's the same feeling because I don't want them to go. Oh, he's got a nice house. I should probably want to like him the same way. I don't want him to be like, oh, he's got a terribly house. I don't want it. I should not like him. Wow, that's feels exactly the same. Like it makes gives me this like nauseous feeling. This is so. I like. I appreciate you being this honest and open with me. This is. It's really fascinating. It's like you feel you feel really self conscious. Completely. Yeah. And the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Just different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Like full one eighty. Yeah. Well, it's like full but, circle but though. Yeah. Time, like one eighty <laughs> yeah. on the circumstances. Yeah. But three sixty on, on the feeling. Back all the way around. So nobody... one eighty on the circumstance, three sixty on the feeling. Don't steal Is that it... for a song. If you I'm... write, if that's on your next record, <laughs> we'll, we'll just yeah. have to write it together. That's what we'll do. We'll write it together. <laughs> Let me say this: uh, the record is called Front Porch, and it is not out yet. As she's told, she scolded me at the first of this podcast. Hopefully, just gently scolded. I, I was talking about the song, but the, re- <laughs> the record comes out, and uh, they're. T- so many dates. Yeah. Are all the dates up at Joy Williams? Yeah. At, yep. Um, okay. Yep, they are. They're all available. Tickets, a lot of them are selling out, which just feels great because the record's not even out yet. Yeah, and how about that, right? Like, isn't it a thing when people want to come to a show? Like, it's crazy. You get nervous? I just feel grateful. That's mm. what I feel like. I, I, I just am like, I, I literally sometimes will say, I can't believe you guys are here. And that's how I feel every night. I'm like, I can't believe, I can't believe you showed up. I feel the same freaking way. I know. I do stand up and there'll be 3,000 people or 2,000 people in the theater. Okay, so now you're rubbing it in. No. 
one thousand okay, ten people. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I will be like, I can't believe you guys are paying money to watch me do this. I know, but what a gift. It's so fun. I Ma- love singing. I love when people show up. It's so much fun. And I just feel like we're literally just hanging out on you know, on a front porch, I guess. Or I say sometimes in the living room, it just feels like we're all in it together. I love that feeling. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. Yeah, you I are, wanted dude. to come already. I never go to anybody's I'm so sad I missed it. Okay, let, let me do the the money stuff here. The album Front Porch comes out May 3rd. If it's after May 3rd, it is out for you now. You should uh, stream it, download it. You should go watch a show. Um, it's been, what, almost four years since Venus? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that uh, that long? A little. Yeah, give or take. About four years? Give or take. Yeah. That's a long, that's a long time. Yeah, huh? it's been a few it's like years. a different life. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, headlining tour starts February 25th in Phoenix. And then she's all over the place. Well, let me say, this has been a real treat for me. I rarely get to pull on people that I'm a genuine fan of. Most of the time, people come in and I'm like, hey, you're pretty good at what you do. Let's talk about it. But, <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah, it was good. Joy Williams, at Joy Williams. Anything you'd like to say? Just you, took, was, you took a breath. I thought I was interrupting. No, I was just okay. saying. I was just going to say it's really fun hanging out with you. Thanks for letting me uh, bombard your your casa. All right. And you cursed. I, I did. Like, I let you curse. Several yeah. times. Preacher's daughter that Preacher's cusses. Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Living on the edge. At Joy Williams, uh, record Front Porch. Check out Front Porch song. The video will be out sometime soon. Let me tell you, it is a freaking awesome video hey, yo. when you see it. Um, I'll go ahead and post it on my account tonight. I have it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Episode 154 of Joy. Thank you. All right, Thanks, there we Bobby. Go. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.